Welcome to Mystery House Hours and Apps. I'm Kevin Weir. I'm Aaron Weir, and this is a teen drama fan cast. Yeah, and we're watching Riverdale. Uh, we're getting really into, I guess, the meat of the third Yeah, the season. plot lines are starting to take off, I guess. I guess. You I, know, I, I know this show, though, and this stuff is not going to last an entire season. I, yeah, I don't know. There's moments... There's... There's moments in this episode specifically where I have where I have the I have thoughts of like you know what maybe I'm maybe I've overreacted maybe this is like some of the stuff with like gargoyles and uh griffins and gargoyles, griffins and gargoyles. Um, I'm like you know maybe this isn't this isn't like you know as bad as I think it is and then something else happens I'm like all right now I got to hold on to this <laughs> Don't worry Kevin it'll be gone soon Back half of the season. I mean, this is going to be like 13 episodes, and we're going to have a break, and then it'll be a whole new storyline. Well, no, I mean... It's also kind of connected to this storyline. Well, no, anything I learned from when they had season two, where they had a full season, we're going to get this. It's going to stop. We're going to get a mid-season storyline. They're going to come back to it at the end. That I agreed. I mean, if... if it, it just... It, it, the, the true detective style of storytelling does not stretch over 24 or 22, however many episodes it's going to be. And you know what? <laughs> I mean, you know, I've learned to accept that Riverdale is what it is, and yep. it's a story, a TV show, that is influenced by whatever the showrunner most recently watched on TV. <laughs> by whatever Roberto recently watched. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, speaking of which, like, I mean, I guess this is going to flow into the episode, but I am more convinced than ever that they are listening to our podcast. <laughs> like, remember first season, they were putting in those little, like, you know, those little Easter eggs for us, like when they referred to the Blossoms as a cabal of vampires? You mean when they're st- <laughs> when Well, either that or, like, the things they're putting out are so obvious they expect everyone to notice them. But is anyone else calling Archie a robot? I have no idea. Because his video game name was literally Punches Like a Robot. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just saying... I'm just saying. It's our own little conspiracy theory. <laughs> it's the true theory, which I guess is how all conspiracy theorists feel. We, yeah, the, the, yeah. That's how, that's how everyone who believes in the conspiracy theory believes. So we might just be going down a rabbit hole. Soon we're going to be like anti-vaxxers, just posting rants on the internet <laughs> with uh, scientific I like, studies. I feel, like, I feel like our conspiracy theory is less harmful to uh, society as a whole. It's true. The only people it's really harmful to is ourselves if we're ever disproven, because we'll be so, so sad. So sad. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll be sad. That's what we'll be. Sad that we're not the social influencers we thought we were. No. I've been, I I don't know, I recently have been watching a lot of other either, like, mysterious weird things are going on uh, series. And I guess because they, like, uh, Dirk Gently's uh, Holistic Detective Agency... Uh, I'm for some reason putting annihilation and extinction, uh, not extinction, the uh, COVID paradox in there, even though they're completely different things from this, but they still have that mystery feel. Uh, I don't know. I guess because the, in them, the mystery stuff actually is like supernatural or, uh, you know, in, in a weird way like that, I'm getting a little bit. Uh, my, it's it's like my my suspension of disbelief is what has been widened. I know. I keep thinking like maybe, maybe there maybe will be magic. magic. Maybe it is magic. And we do know it's the same world as Sabrina. So no, maybe... it's not. No, it's not. Aaron. Yes, it is the same world. No, it's not. It they is. have said repeatedly it is not the same world. Then how are they going to? I 
I'm pretty they're not, sure. They're never going to connect them. I'm pretty sure it's the same. No, it's not. They have, they've, they, it's, they have said in all the support, on, in all the stuff, it is not the same world as Riverdale. Okay. Why do you not believe the thing that they actually said? They, they, Why do you believe the things they do say? No, because what they, what they said was that, that it is not the same world as Riverdale. We still want to figure out a way to do a crossover, but, they've, but they have already said it is not the same world. I just feel like in today's TV media world, sometimes people, instead of doing a misdirect, just full on lie. And then come back and go, well, you know, when we said that, we didn't mean that this. No, but we shouldn't assume that they're just straight up lying to us. I'm allowed to assume whatever I want. It could be magic. It won't be magic. But I keep feeling like it Actually, after, could after, be. After this episode, I'm more and more, more and more on the side of that. It's just, it's definitely not magic. It's just a bunch of dumb people. It's just cults. Not a bunch of dumb people. Well, in that case, let's get into the episode. So this is Riverdale, season three, episode three, As Above, So Below. As Above, So Below. And I will point out when that line comes up, and I will point out how dumb it is when it does come up. Yeah, it's not used not used right. well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just incorrect. Yeah. But hey, that's not what we're starting out. We're starting out with Archie in solitary because he doesn't want to be Mad Dog. Is and they're what you like, assume. okay, well, if you're not going to be Mad Dog, then uh, another week in solitary. Ah. I'm not sure. I mean, I guess Juvie has solitary. I mean, I just, Aaron, this is maximum Juvie. I, that's true. It's maximum security Juvie. What do I know? <laughs> I'm just pretty sure you can't throw young boys into a pit for weeks on end. No, you can't. I mean, he's everything he's doing is illegal. He, it's it's this this is once again this is like Shawshank, The Last Castle. This is everything with a corrupt warden. This is another storyline where they're real upset that their main character is 16. <laughs> if he could just be 21 and just be an adult prison. Yeah, I mean that's that's fair. It's true. He effectively is an adult prison. Yeah. Because whenever they mention it, they have to say it's. They have to say it's juvie. Yeah. I don't know anything about Juvie, but I'm pretty sure it's not just full-on man prison. <laughs> anyway, yeah. that's what's happening. Also happening, Alice Cooper and FP are having some sex. And we learn that FP apparently is lukewarm on the farm. He appreciates that the farm has made Alice less uptight because it means he gets some sweet, sweet loving. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's fair. Alice uh, says it's been three weeks. Yeah, we all together. This has been a three-week jump, and I and I'll give them this. I actually under kind of understand what they've been doing for three weeks. Yeah, I actually know what's been going yeah, on. Archie's, Thanks, show. Yeah, Archie's been in solitary. The uh, uh, Veronica's just been running her running her business, running her business. Cheryl's. Betty and Jughead have been stalled out. Yep, in the they uh, can't get anywhere in their detecting because. Ben died, and Ethel's been in the hospital for apparently repeated seizures. Mm-hmm. She's been having them a lot. Yeah, so it, so it makes sense. Yeah, this is actually a jump forward where it's like, oh, we didn't need to watch those three weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good job. The OC can't even do that sometimes. I know. <laughs> the OC is like two weeks later, everyone has been in stasis. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um. Also going on, Betty and Jughead are also having some sweet, sweet love in the bunker. Yeah. Because they can't be alone anywhere else. Yeah, this feels like a weird, real weird situation where they paired up the parents and the kids. (laughs) (laughs) 
It's gross. <laughs> I found it gross. I don't care that the parents are dating and the kids are dating, but just let the parallel. Also, the bunker sex. Yeah, they, yeah, they're staying in Dilton's bunker because I mean, I they guess, can't be alone. That's fair. Yeah, and it's true. They have. Hey, Aaron, if if you found a secret bunker in the woods that wasn't like you know infested with rats and all those terrible yeah. things, hell yeah, I'd hang out there. Yeah, because Jughead lives in a trailer with his dad, and I think he gets the bed, and his dad sleeps on the couch. Yeah. So, and <laughs> you know, Alice is never leaving Betty alone when she's home. No, well, no. it's always talking about the farm and stuff. But uh, they come to the conclusion what they need what they need because they're stalled out is they need the player's manual to Griffins and Gargoyles. So they can figure out more about the game, which might lead them to figure out more about the Gargoyle King. And Yeah, which I thought was in the bunker. I thought I saw there's a Griffins and Gargoyles. The game, game box was, was there, the box, but there was no yeah. instructions in it. Yeah, I guess. They did say that. They said, oh, what was missing in all of this stuff? And they had all of – they have a beautiful mind wall. Yeah, though it's not very clear, like, what is needed. We do – we do get to see the game being played for a short while. Mm-hmm. It's not clear what you need for it. Well, you need cards. You need a miniature, I guess. And you need chalices. But it seems like they supply their own chalices. Although those ones that Jughead was drinking from seem to have care. I don't know. Yeah. Well, well, we'll talk about that when that comes up. But they think the rule book will give them some guidance of where to look next. Yeah. Correct. Uh, back at the prison, Luke Perry... Is like, you can't put young boys in solitary. Let me see my son. See my son's like, I'm, and the warden's like, I'm in charge of this. Your <laughs> son started a riot. And Luke Perry is like, no. A witness said that your, your <laughs> guards are the riot. My favorite response to anything that is when anyone goes, that's a very serious, accu- that's a very serious uh, accu- accus- accusation. Thank you. I don't know why. I was, I was, I you were never, you're going to get to acquisition. Yeah, eventually. my head was sticking into acquisition. I couldn't get out of it. And he's like, that's a very uh, serious, Aaron. Allegation. Okay, you changed the word I was going for. I can say allegation. I can't say accusation. There we oh. go. Oh. Accusation. Okay. Yeah, my my one of my things that always annoys me is someone goes, "That's a very serious accusation," and the person doesn't respond with, "Yeah, you shouldn't have done it." <laughs> yeah, it is. You did a bad thing because it, it says that is a way to push back people being like, "No, no, I don't want to. I don't want to do anything serious." But Luke Perry would be like, "Yeah, no, you started a riot with your guards and beat up my son." But what he says instead is, "You'll be hearing from my lawyer and my wife." He goes off into the night. <laughs> My wife. My wife. <laughs> My wife. Yeah, he throws a little bit of a bore at there. <laughs> and the one's like, hmm. I don't know why this happened. <laughs> I feel like this is a reference to something that was like 20 years ago. But I don't know, for I only stay in the prison. <laughs> I love the prison. <laughs> he does love the prison. He does love the prison. Prison. Uh, so let's, let's, let's check in and see how Veronica's doing. Well, she's been wasting all of Pop Tate's money. Which makes no sense because Hot Pop Taste is like the only place to eat other than. Well, I where, think the, where did where did uh, TGI Thursdays? TGI Thursdays. I get the impression that she may have spent a lot of money on the renovations oh. and is just not like yeah the speakeasy yeah so and the she, speakeasy apparently is ready to open. Veronica has just been holding on to the idea that she could open it when Archie was out, which is. Reasonable. Sweet. Yeah, especially for a 16-year-old. Yeah. Although it seems that Veronica has stopped working on the Get Archie Out of Jail plan. <laughs> yeah, even though I thought the last episode ended with her being like... I will get him out. I'm part of the Freedom Project. And then she spends the next three weeks being like, oh man, I, this business... I, I don't I, know how to do that. This business I own. <laughs> <laughs> I spent a lot of money on making a very fancy underground. 
So Betty is like, oh my god. Yeah. Open the speakeasy, dum dum. <laughs> you need to do if you want to make money, you gotta open the speakeasy. And now we that kicks off our plots for the episode. Yeah. So uh, Betty informs Jughead that there is a dress code for the speakeasy, and the opening night is happening immediately. Yeah. And he needs to dress up. But now they're going to do some detecting. Yeah, they're connecting uh, griffins and gargoyles to the farm. Essentially, essentially, they've used the word cult so many times that yeah. Betty's like, you know what? Maybe it's the farm. Maybe they arrived at the same time as yeah. griffins and gargoyles. Maybe the two cults are connected. Yeah. Because apparently the farm now lives in the city, and they're trying to get... Yeah, it sounds like they moved to... Yeah, they moved they off moved the farm. <laughs> into Riverdale. Ooh. Ooh. They also see Ethel talking to Evelyn Evernever, which yes. is kind of what kicks this off. Yeah. And and Evelyn Evernever hugs Ethel in a very, like, cult way. I don't I don't know why when I, when I saw it, it was like, like that's... That's how a cult hugs. <laughs> That's how creepy people hug each other. Because Evelyn, I don't know, she just does the full, like, around the the, the neck Yeah, hug. it's a lot of hug. It's a lot of hug. Um, So, back at the speakeasy, they are going full speakeasy. Kevin and Josie have been asked to meet Veronica at Pop Tates. Yeah, they have to dial a number, which sends into the basement. And, and then, then Reggie asks for the password. <laughs> of course, there is no password. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin's like, uh, Stonewall? <laughs> yeah, then... There, she just slides open the panels like, all right, whatever. Yeah. Think, we haven't set one up yet. There was never a password. It was just Reggie be like, what's the password? Yeah. Reggie be like, ha speakeasy, fun. The Veronica shouts in, in the background, there's no password. Just let them in. I invited them. So it is a, okay, so we finally find out what the speakeasy is. Yeah. And Kevin is filled with joy. Kevin, what's the speakeasy? So the speakeasy is just like a fancy all-ages nightclub with mocktails, but Veronica is very, very clear that it's like, we're not, like, you know, we're not going to be corrupting minors or anything No like alcohol that. at all. Yeah. So it's going to be, it's going to be a mocktail. Yeah. It's like a fun yeah. dress up bar where her friends get a chance to perform. Yeah. And it's going to be cool and sophisticated. And I'm sure there'll be like a selfie wall. And... Yeah. And like, let, let's be clear. Now the, the actual more that I learn about this speakeasy, the more I am cool with it and actually think it seems like a fun idea. Now, Kevin. Yeah. Do you think... That last season, when they had her purchase pop tates and decide to do the speakeasy, <laughs> they did not realize there would be so much screaming, teenagers can't own bars, and they had to, like, redirect this season. I don't know. I do remember last season, I I, I mean, once again, this, what the show does sometimes is make me, it gaslights me. It makes me not, <laughs> it makes me doubt my own reality. Because I'm pretty sure she said FP would be down there mixing drinks. No, he was going to be the manager. Right, manager. Which he's not. No, he's not involved in any way <laughs> he's at not all. Involved in any way. I mean, bartenders from the White Worm are going to do, make mocktails, though. Yeah. But. I mean, who knows? Who knows? I think this is a. It's, it's either that, maybe they left it purposefully um, uh, vague because it would be. Because, because that's what they do with these things. They tend to leave things purposely vague so they could be like, ah, they're teenagers, but we can treat it like adults. And see, they've said once it's mocktails, and now it's just going to be... Now, well, now you're just going to see people walking around with, with like, drinks, and you'll just yeah, know. Like, one of them hands one to Hiram in, like, a like a rocks glass. I'm wondering if he got alcohol. I don't think they have alcohol on the premises. There's got to be alcohol upstairs. Not necessarily. It's Pop Tate's. I don't think they sell alcohol. Diners can have liquor licenses. Yeah, but I don't think they have a liquor license. I I just I could have sworn I've seen people drink in pop tates before, but I could be confusing with the Italian restaurant or the time that they just got shut down and was just well, I mean, a private club. Yeah, I mean like when when what was it? Uh, he was having his 
poker thing with Pablo Poutine. I'm pretty sure they drank alcohol. That's because Hiram owned it and probably brought his own alcohol. But this is not important at this moment. No. What is important is that Penny Peabody has showed up upstairs to talk to Veronica. <laughs> well, to threaten Veronica. And it's the dumbest of threats. Yeah, and, I, and I'm not sure why. She's like, ooh, this is nice. And as above, so below. Yeah, this is where it comes in. Must be nice downstairs, too. Yep, that is that is where the line comes in. The line, as above, so below, is Penny saying, it's nice up here. Must be nice down there as well. <laughs> not how that phrase. Which is not the use of that line. No, nope, nope. <laughs> nope. Anyway, Veronica wouldn't want anything bad to happen to her pretty little restaurant, so she pr- should probably hire some ghoulies to look after it. Yeah, she does. She does the real like like mafia extortion. And Veronica's like, "No, I know how the mafia works. I was in the mafia. No, <laughs> for a short time, I was mafia. I'm not doing this, Penny Peabody. Yeah, and sends her away. And I'm like, remember when Penny Peabody was a lawyer? All right. Uh. We we cut back to the prison where Archie is brought in <laughs> to the boy fight club. Yeah, there is a boy fight club in the uh, drained out pool of the prison. Because all right, yep. And the way that the warden is getting Archie to fight is that he put Joaquin in as he was like, "Oh, you were refusing to fight, and I had to put someone in, so what? I put in your friend, Joaquin. <laughs> Joaquin, who for sure Archie." Even, like, outside of prison. Ha- like Was indifferent to. Yeah, like, he knew of him through... Kevin. Through Kevin, but I think he only met him, like, once. And then and in, and then in prison, to... Joaquin immediately threatened him. And tried to make him shank a man. So, and, and don't get me wrong, it's a, a completely in, in... Like, literally, he could have done anybody. He could, yeah, he could have put any man in that prison in that boy fight club. some scrawny boy and was like, I guess he had to be my mad dog. Look at him getting beaten up. But he grabbed Joaquin... Thinking. <laughs> thinking, ah, these two are clearly friends. And Archie's like, I mean, I must save everyone, what, for it is my programming. What did he grab? Oh, Slash? Is Slash the other? Slash was the ghoulie. No, oh, no, Slash was the other. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. just grab Slash? He anyone. Could've, he could have grabbed that ghoulie, and Archie would have been like, no, my enemy. <laughs> yeah, literally anybody. I mean, he doesn't know Archie. He doesn't know that literally anybody he grabbed. Yeah. <laughs> she would have been like, no, he can't fight. He is not robot. For I am programmed to save man. I will save that man. <laughs> that man, Joaquin. So anyway, Archie will save that man, boy. Yeah. And he's taken to a special training yard where all the boys who are part of the Boy Fight Club lift weights and yeah, punch I guess, bags. I guess it's not just Mad Dog. No. There are, apparently there's at least four. But Mad Dog was the champion. Uh, yeah, I guess he was the champion. I don't know. I don't know. Um, What we do, what I do learning this scene what is focused very highly for me i guess is that guard really just wants people to punch bags no talking just punching because oh god that guy gives everybody there has a dumb nickname oh i don't even even remember i didn't write the name but he says like all their like dumb names like that's crusher and that's little john and i was like my name's archie hello (laughs) you better punch this bag before that guard sees you not punching a bag can you tell me more about boy fight club and then the guy hits hits the wall and, get, and says, "Ah, oh, you're going to punch that bag." And Archie's like, "I guess I can't learn about boy fight fight club, <laughs> including oh. the rules." All oh, you boys need to start stop talking, start punching bags. <sighs> so, um, a short scene where Veronica wants Tony and Cheryl to 
bring people to the opening. Yeah, she needs them to be promoters. We just learned more about the speakeasy, but it's very classy. Yeah. It's called uh, Le Bon Nuit, which yeah. is the good night. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, very nice. Meanwhile, <laughs> investigating. Uh, Betty and Jughead uh, talk to Ethel about Evelyn. And we learned that Evelyn apparently started a peer support group. Known as the farm. Yeah, it's a peer support group, like, young extension of the... It's the farm junior, I guess, is what it is. It's like the baby serpents. It's like the baby serpents. (laughs) Every call needs a child version. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And she asked Mr. Weatherby, can I start a peer support group? And he was like, yes, that sounds great. Yeah, there's no way she brought up the farm while talking to Mr. Weatherby. He wouldn't even let, like... He's like, there's too many militias. I don't want... Too many militias. Too many militias. But peer support, I like that. Yeah. And then the signs went up, and he was like, uh, whatever. I know. There's no way he's seen the signs. I oh, think, no. I think this entire season, he's just been sitting in his office, just, like, rubbing the bridge of his <laughs> nose under his glasses. Just being like, I don't want to deal with any students. <laughs> this year's gonna suck. So, uh, they also, during this investigation, ask Ethel for the player's manual. Which Ethel describes as the scripture. The king's scripture. Yes. Yes, his gospel. Like, okay. <laughs> the jug is like, wait, no, Ethel. I actually want to play uh, Griffiths and Gargoyles. So you need to give me the player's manual so I can know how to play it. And, and Ethel, big, dumb, 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 dumb Ethel, big, dumb, big, dumb, dumb Ethel is like, yeah, that seems legit. <laughs> you can play. You have to ascend through the levels until you can get the player's manual. Betty, you can't play, but you can play, Jughead. It's all like you're both the same person. <laughs> Betty, you'll never be worthy. Never. But Jughead, worthy. <laughs> yeah, this is yeah. a weird po- this is a weird ploy from that uh I don't know. I mean considering we see uh we'll talk about it when we see it yeah. later. Um so in another scene, Veronica and Reggie are getting things ready for opening night. They're getting their napkins. They got an order of napkins. And they open up the box and they see what I thought was straws. <laughs> I thought it was straws as well. I'm like, man, they're real angry. They're like, these straws have spirals on them. They this are must be a-, a classy club. They are aghast at the straws. <laughs> That's be an OC storyline. These are supposed to be black straws. Just Why are spir- they so happy? Also, these straws are full of drugs. <laughs> yes, they are jingle, jingle, it's not jingle, straws. Jangle. They sent them... What has to have been like thousands, thousands of, of dollars. dollars of Jingle Jangle. Which is a real weird gamble. <laughs> Which we also don't see again. And we don't know what Reggie did to get rid of it. Because because as soon as after they find, you know, the thousands and thousands <laughs> of dollars of drugs. The phone rings and the sheriff is upstairs. Yeah. <laughs> And Reggie's like, oh, no, my mom's going to be so mad at me. Oh, also, Reggie's shirtless does this entire scene. It's not remarked no upon. There's no reason. But he's he is shirtless. And Veronica's like, Reggie, get it together. You go take those things. You get rid of the jingle jangle. I will distract the police officer. <laughs> Which I guess she kind of does. Well, yeah. Well, she, she holds him up there for a few seconds, then brings him down. And whatever has happened, Reggie has gotten rid of that jingle jangle forever. Yeah, yeah. And it's at this point, it becomes very, very clear that Hiram is sending these people, right? Oh, yeah. So, 
the sheriff is doing his own inspection, Veronica's Because like our inspections are in line. Like here's all of our, uh, we we passed everything. But it turns out his inspection is extortion. <laughs> He's looking for donations. And I'm almost wondering if like he wasn't supposed to do that, and he's just like, no, I'll extort people as well. Penny people, I know they only go to extort people. True. At this point, I was really hoping that the entire League of Stupid Evil <laughs> would just keep showing up. Would just keep showing up, and next you'd have um, uh, Penelope, Penelope Blossom. Blossom being like, "Ah, brothels. <laughs> My prostitutes will be here unless you give me money." Veronica's <laughs> like, "What? Don't send prostitutes." I mean, prostitutes us. can be anywhere they want, but. These are underage kids, and your prostitutes will just go to jail. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what you think is going to happen here, <laughs> Penelope. Anyway, there's no one else good. At, there's no one else real good in that league of stupid evil. Well, there's Uncle Dad, who doesn't have a business. Yeah, I think he's, I think he's tied in with Penelope. He's part and... of the brothel. Oh, and the head of the ghoulies. Yeah, who I think is tied in with Penny, Penny Peabody. Peabody. Really, the the <laughs> league of stupid evil is just the people in charge and like the lieutenant. Yeah. Yeah. So Veronica's like, I'm not going to be extorted. And then she's like, I need to confront my dad, but not until I have a plan. <laughs> Wait, which, I have a plan. Which they end <laughs> with such a huge stinger. They're like, I'll, uh, I'll extort, I don't know, I'll, uh, I'll confront him, but only when I have something to do. <laughs> hmm. Good. Thanks, Veronica. Good, Veronica. Good. Good. Commercial. <laughs> so Betty goes to the farm meeting. Which no one attends. Because it's creepy. But there is free pizza. <laughs> and I actually feel kind of bad for Evelyn nev- Ever Never in this scene. It, yeah, it's weird. It's a little bit... It's um, not her fault that her dad runs a cult and brainwashed her. I mean, She's a teenager. I mean, maybe. We don't know. We're going to see more of that. I would actually like the storyline that clearly Edgar is, you know in charge of yeah. everything and she's just you know doing what her dad says and she's actually a very nice girl like i kind of feel bad for her because she's has so much pizza and no one's shown up and I, this, this is the thing i'm always it doesn't matter what your club is i'm always sad when someone walks in with like three, three large pizzas, pizzas and like oh no one's here i guess i'll have these pizza by myself and she's she's very concerned with ethel very concerned for ethel Although she does want her to get off her meds. Yeah, she is very she is anti-medication. When when Betty implies that she's still having the seizures, she's like, "You're not taking that, are you? That medication?" And so the thing is, no 16-year-old is anti-med without someone teaching her that. Yeah. So I still feel so bad. Well, no, 100% like it's she she is indoctrinated in the cult of her she dad. She just seems like a sweet girl. So Betty anyway is like, "Maybe I need the farm to help me with my seizures yeah can you help me with my seizures <laughs> yeah so well jughead is gonna go play g and g betty's gonna join the farm we'll see how well this goes but first it's time for boy fights which which we learn the way that happens that archie is ambushed in the middle of the night put a bag over his head pulled they- down to another area with a bag pulled off and another boy already coming at him Luckily, it's Archie, and he's a robot. He's like, ah! <laughs> so he does one punch. Uh, you know, I mean, technically it's I guess two. They, yeah, they kind of like... But he, he does just, like, like knock him right out. Yeah, because he's having none of this. I will say we do get to see kind of who comes to these fights, which is a bunch of guards. It's very guard-based. And then, like, a couple people. And then one Woman. housewife. She's wearing, like, khakis and a blue sweater. 
Mm-hmm. Like, she's got I, that like bob. Like she is so, she so does not match that space that I'm like she has to be a character, right? Like but then we don't see but her then again. We're not we actually see her see her in two different shots next to two different people. And then we don't see her at our other boy fight scenes. So <laughs> so I don't know why they I don't know why they show that that extra. <laughs> she does not. She's Maybe. wearing like she's wearing like mum pants. <laughs> Was it Willa Holland? No. 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 Willa no. Holland will, will forever be 16 because it's the OC. But she's also on uh, Arrow. Yeah, but that's and that's not Willa Holland, though. That's whoever character is in Arrow. You know that Willa Holland is the actress's name, right? No, I know. Okay. Yeah. All right. I know, but when I don't, but when I don't <laughs> know the other names, yeah, when she's Caitlyn, she's 16. Right. Yeah. Okay. Some sort of metamorphosis situation. <laughs> so because Archie wins the fight... Winners get perks, and he gets to pick whatever he wants for lunch, which is pop tates for everybody. For everybody, because <laughs> he just walks into their and just starts giving it out. Training yard, just starts throwing all these boys. But then the boys are like, "The warden must be pretty mad at you for ending it in one punch." And I'm like, did, "Why did they, no one tell him the rules?" Literally, what do they think? I guess they thought he was going. He wasn't going to be as good as he was. That's true. But they literally, the other boy didn't have a bag over his head. Yeah, only Archie did. It makes no sense. <laughs> None of this makes sense. Dude, the warden, when he does do the talk, isn't angry. He's just like, "I guess I should tell you this." <laughs> this is about entertainment. Yeah. Um, so Veronica tries to go visit Jughead because she's thinking that the serpents can help her out. But Jughead is busy playing G&G. He's being true detective. Yep. Um, so instead she gets Cheryl and Tony. Yeah, which, which is Which is not... actually pretty good because Tony's a photographer. Yeah, well, she she gets exactly the people she needs to get. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, uh, she's trying to, you know, look for some sort of... Something that she can use against her father. Yeah, she mentions Penny Peabody, and she mentions um, Sheriff Mineta, and she's like, we need something here. And then immediately, Cheryl and Tony are like, oh, well, Fangs and Sweet Pea told us that the white worm was being used to produce Jingle Jangle. I like Fangs and Sweet Pea, oh, I think, only appear in this episode for like a second in the, in the speakeasy. Uh, but they're mentioned so many times. Just so we don't forget that they're characters. <laughs> Like when uh when uh Veronica is inviting them, she says, Oh, and make sure Fags and Sweet Tea are there. So they just don't want us to forget now they're a part of the group. <laughs> yeah. Uh but no, yeah, they're uh they're apparently d- um making drugs, making jingle jangle and the white worm. Which I s- sort of said this when we were watching. Well, we move right to the white worm yeah, from this. It's a grave. I feel like it's a dumb misstep. Why wouldn't you run the bar to bring in money and then produce the jingle jingle in the back? But it looks like, like it looks like the entire bar is just a jingle the, jingle factory. It is the heroin jingle jangle lab? I, I also, it, I mean, Aaron, this because all Penny Peabody, she has one motivation. Her entire character is based around one motivation, which is. I want to sell drugs. We don't know why, why she wants to sell drugs. We don't know if she has, like, dream- she's a lawyer. She has a law license. Yeah. We don't know why any of this happened. We, what we know is that her dream from when she was a young girl swinging on those Riverdale swings was like, someday I'm going to grow up and I'm going to sell drugs. I just, like... Because she was furious the serpents weren't selling drugs. That's true. I don't even think she wants to make money. She just wants I think to sell she drugs. just wants to sell drugs. Kevin, some people just want to see the world burn. And some people just want to sell drugs. <laughs> I just like I don't even know what 
none of this League of Stupid Evil, I understand their motivations. Even Pene- even uh, Penelope Blossom. Yeah, I'm why like, does she want to run a brothel? It, like, is it for money? Because I feel like there's other ways you could do that than... than because the only reason she ran a brothel was because her daughter taunt being like, ah, you're a prostitute. And she's like, I could be a prostitute. But it's not running a brothel when it's just you. <laughs> yeah. But I guess she wants to. I don't know. I can't wait till we pick up on that dumb storyline. I just, like, especially since the south side now refuses to go to the north side because, I don't know, dumbness. I don't know. Where are they getting their drinks from? Like, why? <laughs> the white worm really needs to be a bar. Yeah, it. And she could make a whole lot of money if it was a bar. She could make all this bar money and then also make jing- – or buy, like, a factory to make Jingle Jangle in. Hiram owns everything. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure, you, you, a, a I'm sure you can get you a warehouse somewhere you can make some Jingle Jangle in. But it seems like this is, like, a taunt to the serpent. So, like, haha, we took a place that you hang out. Now we made it drugs. <laughs> and now I sell drugs. My dream. Anyway. I hate hate Penny Peabody so much because she's so one-dimensional. They take a picture of all them drug-making equipment. Yeah. We do see the pictures later. Those are real good pictures. Tony, she's a photographer. <laughs> like, <laughs> like they're way better than, than pictures that are just evidence needs to be. They have, like, good lighting and they're framed well. well if you There's rem- a depth of field to them. If you remember, when Veronica went to go visit Cheryl and Tony two seconds ago, yeah. um, they were doing a photo shoot. With yep. Cheryl as the queen of the serpents. The serpents are living, I guess, in like a field field that they've also kind of made into a trash pool. <laughs> I don't know where they're living. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. I don't know. It kind of looks like a junkyard. Yeah, they're living in a junkyard. It's picturesque, but makes no sense. <laughs> So uh, we move in with Jughead, like, who is going to play some serious one-on-one G&G. There's so many candles. So, they're, oh, man, and Ethel's all dressed up, and we get to sort of see how, kind of how the game is played a little bit now, a little bit later. Now, they were smart enough, I think, to take down their beautiful mind wall before the G&G game. <laughs> so that's good, because I was quite worried about that. <laughs> uh, but Ethel says first, you have to pick your... Uh, avatar your character mm-hmm. she gives him three choices he picks the hellbender hellcaster hellcaster or something uh and then he has to then he draws his first quest card so this game has cards yes yes and, and hands it to her but she also has a dm screen yes which is used for one purpose we see later and um we find out that ben was also the hellcaster yes so cool, cool. all right uh betty comes home and the farm now is in her house. Yeah, so while Jughead's doing some sweet one-on-one G&G, she's doing some sweet circle of women. And we learn... It, it almost feels like if these are connected, mm-hmm. um, because they are sort of connected. Like, I think you were about to say that, like, there's... No, I wasn't oh, going to sorry. say that. So go ahead. Um, we, we, get the, we get the idea that she can't see Edgar because she has to go through levels. Yes, so... There's sort of this juxtaposition, not juxtaposition, comparison. Yeah, and this, which is sort of the way the cults work, like, especially stuff like Scientology. You get, you know, you give more and more over to them so that yeah. you get further and further in and then you can't back out. Yeah. And what we find out is that the first thing you need to do to get into the farm is talk about all the bad things you've done in your life. Yeah. However, Betty doesn't actually need to talk about those bad things because it turns out that Alice already told the farm <laughs> all of them. Yeah, all murder and stuff. Which is... Very bad. Yeah. <laughs> and Betty cannot stand this. Yeah. This nonsense cannot compute in her head. And she yells at her mom. Well, it's... Because, like, that's that's how you give a group of people blackmail. 
But Kevin, they would never use that against Alice. <laughs> Alice is so Alice indoctrinated. Tr- she, oh yeah, she is so much like into this farm, and I can't imagine what Polly said to her that got her in this. Deep, she was just so sad and broken. So fast. That's that's what cults prey on sad yeah. people whose husbands are mass murderers. <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna say that the um the comparison between the way that you had to like level up through um G and G before to get the you, player's manual yeah or to get anyway like to meet the, the gargoyle king or any mm-hmm. of that stuff and but you have to level up through the like that that was a real cool comparison to do which always made me think like so wait what do the dudes go through D and D and the women <laughs> go through this weird support circle because there's no men in that support circle maybe and, and, they uh, the only do. woman who plays who plays G and G is. Ethel, I guess. And Maybe they need one. Because she's so in love with Ben. Yeah, so like, <laughs> is this their two routes of entry? Uh, gentlemen, Dungeons and Dragons. Women, book club. Accurate. Ooh, <laughs> stereotypes. Yeah. So Betty is so enraged that she almost has a plot seizure. Yeah, and she also gives up on her ruse immediately. I think she's just so shocked and appalled <laughs> that her mom gave away all of her secrets. Yeah. That she, like, her mom is her kryptonite. Oh, yeah. 100%. She loses all her deceptive yeah. powers when it comes to her mom. Yeah. And I definitely, yeah, she's, she's just shouting, did, <laughs> did, did Edgar, like, like, I think Edgar has something to do with the gargoyles and Griffiths. I think he killed Ben. And then um, Evelyn Ever Never is like, the only person in this cult who knows about gargoyles and Griffins is your mom. Like, and Betty's like, what? And then, no, no. And I'm like, Evelyn, no. All people in this room who know about it is her mom. Yeah. Your dad could still know about it. Yeah, you don't know. You don't know. Shut up, Evelyn. Shut up, Evelyn. Child. Talking to all these adults. But um, then, oh, then um, Betty's mom says, maybe Evelyn was right. Betty wasn't ready for the circle of truth. <laughs> Well, yeah, because once you start talking about, about griffins and gargoyles, she's like, oh, no, another secret. This cannot be. Though it seems that like she, secret can't be let out. Well, no, she, I think she already told the group about it. Mm, she didn't mm-hmm. tell Betty about it. And she does not want to tell Betty about and it. And she tells us that later. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, so cutting back to G&G, Jughead continues to play. Um, it sounds like it is just a choose-your-own-adventure game. Yeah, because they give two options. Do you pick this door or this door? And he's like... I don't know. I pick that door. I don't know. He's like, all right, you enter a room. In the middle of that room, she lifts up her DM screen. Two chalices. Ah. Uh, Which do you drink? But the thing is that he doesn't actually get to choose. He has to flip a coin. Yeah. And the coin picks. Yeah. And then he gets the chalice without poison. Yeah. I So I don't know if Ethel... Okay, so he gets the chalice without poison. Ethel gives him... The player's guide. Player's he has to guide. kiss her first. It's a dumb. It's <laughs> I think dumb. she made it up. <laughs> she says it's in the player's manual. No, but... no. The, the the Hellcaster has to kiss the princess. That's in the rules. <laughs> you know how rules of games work? Wait, hold on. So one pa- player playing one character has to kiss another player playing another character. To get the rule book. You're saying that if I kiss none of the, if I played any of the other characters, I wouldn't have to kiss you. <laughs> What are the stats of my character? What's any of this? Anyway, he he, give, he gives her a very chaste kiss. And he gets the book. And then Ethel drinks the other cup. And immediately starts. Yeah. So what, so what I was thinking here is like, so is the idea that you flip the coin and one drinks one and one drinks the other? Or did Ethel just drink? I'm not. Okay, so 
because we do find out that she's in I want to spoil it now because yeah. it's hard to delve yeah, in yeah, no, spoiling yeah, it. Go ahead, yeah. She's in cahoots with whoever the Gargoyle King actually is. Well, or I mean, maybe with the Gargoyle King weird figure. Like maybe she's a no hood actually I mean, is. I mean, yeah, they're they're all I mean, cahoots is weird. She's part of the cult. Like, that cult. But I'm not sure then if she prepared the chalices. Or if the Gargoyle King prepared them before she arrived. Like, does she know that one's poison and one isn't? But the problem is that they flipped a coin. Yeah, but if she thinks neither of them are poisoned, if she thinks it's just like... No, but she... Because it's not time for him to ascend. Yeah. Like, yeah. he's not high enough up to ascend. Yeah, well... So she I... might think they're not poisoned yet. Like, maybe, but she definitely does just drink one and get poisoned. And that's not really a thing for her. Yeah, she's not thrown by it, so maybe she does know. I don't know. I have no. I have no idea what any of this stuff is, and maybe we'll get answers. Maybe we won't. Who knows? But if she does just drink one, she and she doesn't know they're poison. She could just be thirsty. <laughs> no, the way she drank it was like, um, you know, she knew what was in it. It felt like. Yeah, I. I'm not convinced either way yet. So, Aaron. Yes, Kevin. What are you drinking today? Poison Blue Freeze. Yeah, that stays on your lips forever. You can see the blue. It's called Fresh Aid or something. Yeah. <laughs> and also Poison cha- Blue Fresh Aid. Also, the nice thing is that throughout the day, it will change how much of your lips are blue. Hmm, yeah, and it goes up and down. Yeah. It's yeah. like lipstick, you know? I'm just, I'm too cheap to buy lipstick right now. <laughs> so you'll just drink. I mean, you can get it in, that's blue Fresh Aid, but you can get it in a whole bunch of different colors. It's true, but you know, right now it's October, so it's the spooky season. So I want the blue. <laughs> I want the blue. Uh, truthfully, I wanted to drink a pumpkin ale because this is our last October episode. Yeah. Could not find any anywhere. Oh, really? Is pumpkin beer not a thing in Canada this year? I don't know. Hmm. So instead I have a Starbucks. A oh. pumpkin spice. Well, it's not a pumpkin spice latte, but it is a Starbucks yeah. with pumpkin spice in it. <laughs> okay. So I got a venti. <clears throat> I got a venti, two pump pumpkin spice, one pump white mocha, non-fat, Blonde American Amisto. Okay, so it's not a latte. No, it's so not it's a not latte. a pumpkin spice latte. No, it's, it's a, not. Yeah. Well, because lattes are just—it's too much milk. In Americano, there's more shots of espresso, and you fill it up halfway. Well, if it's a normal Americano, you fill it up all the way with water. But because I got a Misto, it's yeah. like filled up halfway with water and then halfway with steamed milk. Okay. Just a little bit less dairy. Yeah. A little bit less milk. Yeah. Thought it would make my podcasting voice better. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. You want to try? <laughs> No, I'm still thinking about that fresh aid. I'm sorry, I don't have any fresh aid. That was a long con. You have two chalices of fresh aid, though. But Kevin, we don't have a coin to flip. So later that night, Ethel is at the hospital. And she's on suicide watch. Yep, she is restrained. And Jughead insists that when um, her parents come, she has to tell them the truth. And she says, no. No, no adults can know. I'm going to lie. I'm going to say that you poisoned the chalices. He's going to be like, I'm, well, I'm going to deny that. <laughs> it's like, nope. You're not. Stop saying things. This is not what's going to happen. It's, it just, it's, it feels so underwhelming the fact that it's a coin flip. Like, don't you feel like if they picked it, that okay, would be but more. But do you think he just flipped the coin? Because she didn't tell him to flip it. He just flipped it. No, no. She said, you have to flip a coin. They, they, I, I missed that line. Well, then. because also Ben and uh, and Dilton flipped a coin. 
Like it, the the big thing was the coin flip. Okay, well, which seems like the coin flip doesn't throw me off as much as it throws you off. Well, it throws me off because in that case, you could just have one chalice and you flip a coin, and either you. But you don't know, right? The thing is, you're, I think the thing is, you're supposed to drink together, and you don't know. Okay, but then then the choosing scene. I don't know. Maybe 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 if you're if yeah if you're supposed to drink together, the coin flip makes more sense. Yeah, because that to decides drink which one you drink. Yeah, yeah. Ethel just wanted to kiss first. Yeah, <laughs> she wanted to come up with her stupid rule. Exactly. Wait, you gotta kiss me first. I mean, the thing you have to remember about the jug Jughead comics is that Ethel is always after him. Yeah, uh, that's that's fair. Yeah. Um. And she does say that apparently he's now worthy enough to spread the gospel. She told the king. And Jughead's like, okay. I told him that you'd, down. I told him that you'd be worthy enough to spread the gospel. Yeah. And Jughead's like, yeah, no, no one's ever playing this game again, dude. <laughs> what? <laughs> this is a three of them, apparently. It was Dilton, Ben, and Ethel. Yes. Yeah. So in a short scene, Veronica heads over. She confronts her Wait, dad. Hey, no, so very quickly, she does say, thank you for helping me end my game. Yes. So. Because she drank the poison. Yeah. Yeah. She's finally reached the point where she drank the poison. Cool. Cool. So Veronica confronts Hiram. She throws down the pictures. She's like, I am not going to be extorted by anyone, but I will extort you. Give me $10,000 a week. Also, yeah. stop messing with my business. I will say the most odd that <laughs> there's something very obvious that should happen here that I will say does happen which is that when you reveal to someone you know like hey ah, i know your drugs are being made what are they going to do move them but she has proven that she's able to find out where his location <laughs> is so she can just keep finding it sure <laughs> yeah i think i think the point is just that she's going to show her dad that she'll play ball yeah he's which, not the only one who can extort yeah which i think impresses him to a weird amount yes so Archie has another midnight meeting with the warden, and this is where the warden gives his big speech about how bloodlust runs all of their spirits. It will, and yeah, it will sate their bloodlust and mine. I want you to remember this entire time. He looks a little bit like a turtle. Uh, <laughs> and he also stands like four inches away from Archie's face, and he's shorter than him. He just all looks at, at him with those big, like circle glasses and basically he's telling archie to fight make it last ah. and that moves into archie monologuing at his ghost dad doing his old thing where it's like i thought i deserved this i've done so many things in my life in my life i've done so much bad so much wrong i deserve all of this i deserve <laughs> punishment but maybe just maybe I don't. <laughs> maybe I don't deserve this. <laughs> maybe. Maybe I jumped the gun a little bit. You see, I feel I deserve punishment, for I did not stop that boy from being killed. But if I do nothing, then all the boys get hurt. <laughs> I can't protect all these boys. But Dad... How can I protect the boys? Yeah, then reveals he's talking to Ghost Dad. And his Ghost Dad is like, well, you know, Archie, monologue, monologue, monologue. When you were young, you fought people. Monologue, monologue, you're pretty good at taking a punch. And Archie's like, "There's more now than I know. There's more than one way to stretch out a fight. Well, duh, Ghost Dad. 
<laughs> Shut up, ghost dad. Was Archie just supposed to punch the other guy a bunch of times, but lightly? Yeah. No, that's exactly what he's supposed to do. He's going for rib shots. Oh. Yeah, that's 100% what he was supposed to do. He's not supposed to knock him out. Or I... he was supposed to keep punching him after he was down, effectively. But that's not what Archie's going to do. No. Ooh. No. But first... Betty and her mom have a real tense talk. Which is mostly about how Alice is like, I like the farm so much. I trust the farm more than I trust you. I think you're a jerk and Betty's person like, who saved me from husband. And Betty's like, okay, I don't, all right. Mom, please leave my room. I'm going to a party. Mom, I can't, mom, I can't do this right now. I just, mom. Not this episode. Not today. Mom, I'm so bored. I almost had a ra- had a plot seizure, but I controlled it. <laughs> I will the seizure away today. And now I shall will you away. Um. <laughs> and she does. Yeah. Then Alice gets out there. And so we get the opening out of the speakeasy, which is actually it's really fun. Yeah, like, it's a cool it's a cool cool club um i can definitely see this being a thing that people like I mean, there to are to. Like, yeah there are all ages come this is essentially a themed yeah. all ages club i don't imagine every like like this is a special event that's why everyone's all dressed up that's yeah why all these things and pop tates is closed down for tonight but i'm yeah. sure in other times it will be open you can decide which one you want to go to yeah though when she goes up later there are people around in pop tates so but i think those are the people who didn't get into because there's a lineup to get in okay so i think they're pe- the people waiting to get in yeah maybe anyway um, Cheryl takes a picture of Veronica and posts it to her Instagram story. Cute. Yeah. Um, Betty and Jughead sort of catch up about their days. Yeah. yeah. And Jughead reveals that he left the player's manual at home. Oh, don't hidden. worry. Don't worry. It's safe. Not here. Off screen. Like, no, Jughead. It's so small. Always keep it in your pocket. Yeah, have you learned nothing? <laughs> Do you know nothing about what happens to Betty? Come on. Also, he's... Still has fresh shade on his lips. I hate this drink so much. If Why this would drink, anyone drink it? Yeah, this drink exists in a real life. I would despise. Can you imagine a drink that you drink? Like you take the barest minimum of sips, and it is with you for hours. Does Kool Aid do that? I haven't drank. No, Kool-Aid it doesn't. Kool Aid doesn't do that. Yeah. It, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's, this is very plot specific. <laughs> yeah, I know. But I hate this drink. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. So Reggie comes down. And he tells Veronica, there's a problem. So she goes upstairs. It's her dad. The problem is Hiram. <laughs> he brought the giant painting of her because it will go better in the speakeasy God, than his office. Veronica, do not hang up that picture in the speakeasy. Veronica seems to feel that way, too. <laughs> I can't imagine entering, like, a cool all-ages bar and seeing an oil painting of the owner. Being like, oh, cool. But she brings her dad downstairs so he can see how good she's doing. Yep. But she tells Reggie to watch him. And he does seem a little bit bewildered. <laughs> He's kind of like, wait, my daughter can do business? What are all these youths doing? Business? This, not crime? This is the most, like, old man Hiram Lodge, like, Mr. Lodge <laughs> moment we get, where he's just looking around at all these teenagers being like, what's going on here? What are all these teens with their cameras? Well, the fierce books. He's uh, real puzzled by legitimate thriving business. Am I... Tw- <laughs> is it on Twitter? You guys on Twitter? Kevin. I don't know what's going on here. You're making a goof, but it probably is called Twitter in this world. Uh, no, it's, it's, just, it's called like Chirper or something. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, Josie sings. 
Yep. And Josie sings as Archie fights. Now, it took us a while here. And I recognized the lyrics, sort of, and I was like, I can't place well, them. Well, this very, like, I don't, I don't want like to say It's like a slow, sultry. sexy, jazzy. Well, and it's almost, almost sad, like they do. And there's girls dancing behind, like, they're backlit and they're dancing yep, behind. Yeah, girl dancing silhouettes. It's anything goes. It's anything goes. She's, she's singing, like, a slow... Like Ben, like if Ben Folds Five did a cover of Anything Goes, this is what he would do a cover of. I was called him Ben Folds Five, not just Ben Folds. Well, you know his band's in there too, I guess. Sure, but it's like, like we did the cover of um, Girls Just Want to Have Fun. This is his version of Anything yeah. Goes. <sighs> I mean, it's a speakeasy, but anyway, that is intercut with Archie fighting, and what he yeah. does is he essentially this, this is this kid who is who is built. Like a 16-year-old. A muscular 16-year-old. Yeah, but Archie is built like a muscular 20-year-old. And so, he just, he basically goads this guy into fighting him. Come on, go on, punch me in the face. He's come like, on, punch me in the face. We need to give them a show. You gotta punch me. I'll take the punches. So he takes the punches. He takes so many punches. And then, But then, of course, he, he still wins. Well, because he knows the guy can't bring him down. <laughs> you can't. You're gonna break your fist before you get me. He's like... I will use my robot powers. I will only hit you once. You'll only be hurt once. Actually, what I think it more is is that he's like, oh, I can't take a dive. That would be illegal. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can get punched as much as I want. That's I'm, fine. I'm never going down. I so I can't fake it. I can't take a dive, though. <laughs> That'll be lying. <laughs> Lying's bad. Even though I'm in prison. <laughs> Even though I'm doing illegal... <laughs> underage bare knuckle boxing i can't take a dive <laughs> i deserve to be in here if i take a dive then i truly need to be here <laughs> i have done so much in my life but i have not done that <laughs> i will not take a dive i have done so many wrongs but i can't be that wrong yeah so like <laughs> he obviously hit him a few times to get some like you know blood things going yeah. but then, it, then then eventually i guess he just gets bored and yeah. he's like oh, that's probably enough wham and the warden's like yes 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 so archie goes back to his cell and he has all of the things that mad dog had yep they give him the mad dog's hand-me-downs and he's horrified also there's cigarettes in there yes <laughs> mad dog may have smoked mad dog was 18 it's true or going to be 18 well, I don't believe in juvie. You can just give children cigarettes. I, I understand it's sketchy, illegal yeah, juvie. Yeah, because then the warden comes by and he's like, good job, my friend. Here's some lodge rum for you. Yeah, he gives him some alcohol. Then, <laughs> then Archie has this weird... It's like he got knocked around so many times that his circuits like reset. He sees the word lodge and then he remembers. He's like, wait, maybe, maybe, just maybe... This is Mr. Lodge's fault. Did Mr. Lodge set this up? I mean, he knows that already. <laughs> does he? The, no, no, he, he does. He has to know that, Aaron. Kevin, no, this is Archie. He no, might not know. There's no way. Aaron, no, no, there's no way he can go through all this and not realize it was Mr. Lodge who set all of it up. No, for the past four months, he's just been like, 
Who? <laughs> Whoa, what a coincidence. Who He's... accused me of killing that boy? I mean, look, at the, <laughs> at the pep rally, he saw Mr. Lodge standing there grinning at him. Then again. <laughs> but he just thought that Mr. Lodge was there to see Veronica dance. <laughs> Wait, are you telling me the premise of that flashback? I thought that was just him being like, oh, Lodge. <laughs> you think that that flashback was him realizing that this was Hiram Lodge? Archie is so dumb. Kevin, it is entirely possible. I am shaking with fury. Well, while you shake with fury, I will do a few further recap. Archie opens up one of the books. The book that he opens up is The Count of Monte Cristo, which is about a man who was put in jail unfairly. Yeah. And he opens it. And, and then, cons- then seeks ridiculous revenge. Yeah. <laughs> which makes me hope that Archie will also soon seek ridiculous revenge. With the tiny rock hammer that he found inside The Count of Monte Cristo. <laughs> Yeah, apparently, I guess uh, I guess Mad Dog hit a rock hammer in the Ken Monte Cristo because Mad Dog likes uh, hammers symbolism. Yeah. Short scene: Jughead and Betty come home to find that the trailer has been ransacked by, by FP. FP who lives there? Who I guess I guess FP found the player's manual and then decide to ransack the rest of to see if the game board was there see what i think it is as i think that alice told him that they that she was talking more about gargoyles and, and then he went to see if and then he went to go check it. yeah, I yeah. So i don't think too. he just randomly found it no i think um, i would hope the jughead's good at hiding yeah but Although, he comes up and he's like ah, i know all your smuggling ports why he didn't hide it in the bunker is a mystery well because ethel goes to the bunker all the ethel time ethel is apparently. in the hospital chained to her bed well yeah but the, the that bunker is apparently a good enough place to have sex in but not to do anything really secretive Anyway. I think she just kept it on him. Alice is also there. They're having a big confrontation. And then finally, FP burns the guide. Yeah. They're like, no, you can't do it. We need to figure out what's going on. on. He's like, you're never going to play this game again. It's the only one. Ah, And then Jughead's like, well, I guess it's over. Which, uh, which, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, all right. Uh, That moves to Veronica is... Having a tense combo with her dad. Yeah. Apparently, she still lives with him. Yeah, which, I, which where else is she going to live? Which yeah, with Alice makes makes sense, but also real makes their relationship weird, very uncomfortable. <laughs> I like to imagine in the morning they just walk by each other and just like screw you, Dad, <laughs> screw and you, Veronica. Hiram essentially is like, hmm, you're good at business. I'm also good at my business of crime. <laughs> I moved to the meth lab. Well, she guesses Jingle, he Jingle moved the lab. <laughs> she guesses he moved the meth lab, and he's like, hmm. But he's oddly proud that she like extorted him. I know. And he is he is very very malleable as a human being. I feel like his subtext of the scene is like, "Aha! The game is afoot. Now me and Veronica will go back and forth. She is my greatest adversary. What fun!" <laughs> I wonder if if Veronica like decided to be like, "No, no, I'm gonna play," you know, on his side again. If he'll just be like, "Yeah," just hundred percent believe it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. He's not great at crime. Because he's doing, wasn't he? He's doing all this because she was. Sassed him. Because she sassed him. So she put her, put his boy, put her boyfriend in prison. They, I don't think the, the fights were his idea. That's just his warden. This is the warden. Fight. Yeah. He might not even know about the fights. <laughs> Look at all these boy fights. Why are they wrestling each other? I ah, did not approve of this. I'll teach all these boys to wrestle each other. <laughs> 
Uh, so Archie goes to visit all of his friends, and his friends are like, hey, where's our burgers? And Archie's like, no, I found Rockhammer. <laughs> However, <laughs> dumb, dumb Archie. <laughs> He's like, Mad Dog had a Rockhammer. It was a symbol. <laughs> that there's a life outside this prison. <laughs> what? Like, no, it was a Rockhammer to escape with. And what? then he says, so we're going to break out. Yeah. And you're like, these leaps of logic are leaps. You're going to be like... Guys, I found a key to the jail cells. It's a symbol. (laughs) (laughs) A symbol that there's a life out there. Also, I want to point out that Joaquin is there. Which is weird. I thought he got out of the fight club. I thought they were their point, but they just kept him in the fight club. And he's, you know, he's got a hurt arm. His arm's in a sling. His eyes all swollen up. But why is Joaquin there? I guess because he knows about the fight club, he can't go back to regular <laughs> prison. I sort of have a feeling that, I like, all those boys know about the fight club. Except for Archie. <laughs> he was big new. Dum-dum. He was new. So they're going to do a prison break. Yeah. <laughs> it won't be successful, I'm sure, because nothing Archie plans is, is successful. Well, and, and also, he's got to get out legally, because or else they're going to have to deal with that for the rest of this yeah. entire series. Otherwise, he's on the run. What I bet's going to happen is he's going to do a prison break. He's going to get those boys out, but he's going to stay in. And then he'll be let out legally. Yeah, then he'll be let out legally. And he'll be he'll have, you know, hard punishment for, you know, a while. Then, like, bef- I don't know. Then they're going to put him on the electric chair. And then someone comes in and is like, no, wait. Don't worry. The I have gov- a pardon. The governor has let in a pardon. He's not friends with Hiram. <laughs> I... I do like the idea that this show would be just, just like, yeah, and also death penalty for Juvie. That's how it works. That's how it works. The got, warden can just decide. You got solitary. You got all these things. <laughs> Juvie. Um, so we have another very short scene where Jughead's like, I'm glad that book was burned. Flipping through it was like reading pure evil. Oh, we did see like moments of the inside. It's mostly just creepy drawings. Yeah. But it's fine. They're done now. No one will play the game. Oh, and they realize they're like, our parents played the game once. <laughs> well, Betty's like, a hundo, hundo P, our parents played that game, right? And Jughead's like, it's fine. No one can ever play it again. We burned the one book. <laughs> but that, but unfortunately, Aaron, unfortunately, back in the 1970s, Xerox was invented. And before oh, Ethel played the game... She made a million copies and bound them and like gave up like oh man she she did she opened up a printing company is what she did and she put all of them in the lockers at school which how because those are not sliding in through any sort of slots and I don't understand why people are so into it <laughs> yeah Aaron if I went around my high school and just put in a, co- a copy of Dungeons and Dragons Players, Players Handbook Fifth Edition in everyone's locker where they just be like ooh what is this game <laughs> or they'd be like okay and ignore it yeah I mean at least with that one it also looks like a game this one you open up the inside and it looks like it's just nonsense but what the judge- and apparently you have to play it one on one and when they reach the and you're like oh and then we kill ourselves this is dumb maybe you don't have to play it one-on-one though maybe ethel just did because she had no friends well no but we saw dilton and ben playing it one-on-one yeah but the... they all played it together too i i'm not sure maybe it was just like a pairing off situation i don't know i don't know i i think they're gonna go the route where they're not gonna explain a lot about how the game is played so they can keep adding nonsense onto it Anyway, what Jughead's voiceover tells us is by next weekend, almost everyone at Riverdale High High is playing this game. But does that mean they're all going to 
kill themselves. And I don't understand why these kids have more stuff going on in their life. <laughs> yeah. What? What? Is the game magic? Does it compel you to play it? That's the only reason I can think of that everyone's just like, oh man, cool game where you kill yourself. What do I get out of it? Spirituality? That's fun for me, a 16-year-old. Like, it's not like that episode of um, Star Trek where they play the game and then the game is like a drug and then it, like, it dicks them to the game. Yeah, no. What are they, like, I mean, Ethel, Dilton, and Ben, and oh, Scout. Scout was also, he wasn't allowed to play the game, but he was going to be let to be allowed to play the game. Remember? Oh, yeah. Um, but, like... The the storyline implies that Ethel and Ben and Dilton are kind of losers who yeah. don't have much else going on. Yeah, it was the same way that a cult works. Yeah, but so the Cheryl game... got it and was super like, oh man, what's this fun game? Yeah. I mean, Cheryl wants to, you know, tempt, tempt fate, obviously. She wants to kill people. But like, is Reggie going to be playing the game? Because I feel like Reggie is pretty fulfilled and doesn't have time for games between <laughs> his football and his, I guess, being the assistant manager of the speakeasy. Yeah, I don't understand how... Everyone getting this weird, like, pl- like player's handbook. Forces them to play the game. <laughs> Make them all play a game, which they don't get anything out of other than some weird gospel thing. Oh, we do see Ethel is actually talking directly to the Gargoyle King with his tiny little stick hands. And she's like, I did it. I did what you wanted. <laughs> and then it cuts to him. He opens and, up his arm. And don't get me wrong. The top is all creepy, but he's got these tiny twig it's so dumb. <laughs> he spreads them apart. He's like, ah, <laughs> tiny twig hand. Oh, my God, you guys. Oh, my God, you guys. So, Aaron. Yes, Kevin. Throughout this episode, did you find yourself a CW moment? Did I find a CW moment? Did I find a moment where logic was swallowed like so much blue uh, fresh aid only to leave the residue of drama on the lips? My moment, my CW moment, was the fact that no one bothered to explain the rules of Boy Fight Club to Archie. You mean the fact that they just kidnapped him in the middle of the night and put him in front of a man charging at him? And assumed that he would figure it out. Like, yeah. obviously, that's just to create drama and to create the fight that he wins, but he doesn't win properly. And yeah. to let, like... To where it's not that there's no rules. It's, it's like it's one of those unspoken things where it's like, oh, you gotta make sure it's fun for everyone watching. But, like, someone should have told him that. <laughs> A.K.A. the warden, because the warden gave him a creepy wander about when he... Yeah. Like, you think he would have been like, oh, okay, well, if you're going to take Joaquin's place, let me explain to you how this works. By the way, make sure these fights last for a while. Because it seems like they would love Joaquin in there, because Joaquin can't. Yeah. It was all about bloodlust, like that one housewife had. Yeah. Kevin, what was your CW moment? The the thing about Riverdale is it's hard to pick a CW moment that's not a plot point. Because everything's a plot point. And everything that's, like, super dramatic is a plot point. Like, there's the blue lips, there's things like that. So I had to pick something that was... <sighs> that was not a plot point. So this is more it's more of a gag than anything else, but it was the fact that when Archie went in to talk to that one that one boy and the boy was like, "Look, you better start punching this bag or else that guard will get angry." I'm like, that doesn't come up later. Later he comes in throwing around like burgers. Yeah, and no one's no one's fighting during either of the scenes when he goes into the yard. Yeah, they're just all hanging out. Is Joaquin still have to punch? Or is that guard just, just like, oh man, all these kids better be punching bags and lifting weights. Maybe it's just when that one guard is on. <laughs> There's that one guard. His name is Hank, and he really likes watching people train. If you're not training... He's mad. He's mad. He hits the wall with a stick. But if Hank's not here, we get to relax. Do whatever we want. 
We can do fun workout games. We can play Foursquare. <laughs> yeah. And if Jacob comes in, he brings in like a parachute. You can lift up and you all run underneath. It's super fun. So Juvie is both man jail and also elementary school gym class. <laughs> both man jail and boy jail. <laughs> That's why it's Juvie. <laughs> this is a jail for man boys and boys man. <laughs> Gross. All the boys look like men, and the men look like boys. And the warden looks like a turtle. <laughs> Not inaccurate. <laughs> oh, so... I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Mr. Andrews. Am I too... Am I, am I not turtly enough for the turtle club? <laughs> <laughs> what? Turtle, Mr. Andrews. Turtle. There's not a turtle club, dude. Turtle? Turtle? Warden. What? No. What is happening? Is he having a plot seizure? <laughs> Turtle! I need a doctor? Maybe? <laughs> I'm not sure. I need an adult who's not this guy. Where's my ghost dad? <laughs> ghost dad, help me. <laughs> You're my only hope. I mean, he is. Yes. Remember when all those remember when all those hot dads were going to go check out those boys? Well, in last episode they were going to do something, and now FP is busy sleeping with Alice. <laughs> and Keller wasn't in this episode. No, once again, we decided we figured it out. Keller is still waiting. Oh, that's right. <laughs> He's sitting in his car being like, "Investigation time." Come, Come on. on. Come on, dads. Got to do this. Ready to investigate. Got to figure this out. Anyway. Poor Keller. Hey, if you, uh, if you like this episode, just give us a rating, review, subscription on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcatcher it is you use to listen to your sweet sounds of comedy. And show us your sweet, sweet Riverdale memes on Instagram. <laughs> that's Podcast Moa, Podcast MOA. I think you can also share memes on Twitter, so that's also Podcast Moa, Any- Podcast MOA. Anywhere with photos you could share memes. Just tag us and stuff. <laughs> specifically, the question, the, specifically your request is for memes, though. Riverdale memes. You demand memes. I need memes. You need, <laughs> I need memes to live. Give me the memes. I have no fresh aid or whatever it's called, so give me the memes. I can see your lips are blue right now. No, Kevin. I just want memes. I don't have the fresh aid, I promise. I'm not playing Kurt Griffins and Gargoyles. <laughs> also, also, maybe he just drank fresh aid. Maybe it's, he just likes it. Maybe he just like I tried some fresh aid. Turns out it's really good. But also, it does this. Yeah, for, fresh aid only is only for poisoning yourself. Blah, blah. Maybe it's not even poison. There's just a what? There's just a like. There's a fifty percent chance that every time you drink fresh aid, you it's may the die. The last fresh aid. Yeah, it's it's not poison. You just might die when you're drinking fresh aid. Your body either has a response to it that protects you, or it doesn't have that response. Well, the last time it was made was in the 1950s. Well, clearly, so e- that's all they ever. Drink. Yeah. So yeah. Every, so everything else they're drinking is fresh aid from the 1950s. You just get like a tin of it in your. Griffins and Gargoyles game kit. Yeah, well, it's like when they found, it's like when they found um what is it the uh Pepsi crystals or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they opened that up after whatever thirty or forty years. Yeah. Yeah. Don't drink old soda, guys. <laughs> There's one thing we can leave you with as we're wrapping to the end of this episode. Don't drink old soda. How are Archie and the Fight Club boys going to escape? What will Hiram throw at Veronica next? Why are all these kids playing Griffiths and Gargoyles rather than the clearly superior Trail Seeker? For answers to all this and more, join us next week on Mystery Outsiders and Abs. 
a teen drama fan cast? Except not next week because there's no Riverdale. We're going to watch something else. Bye!